Hi there, welcome to the More Simple Podcast. This is a podcast for Blacks, Asians, and those who love them. I am Mo, and I am your host, ready to spark your curiosity as I take you on this adventurous ride of exploring cultures through the stories of my guests from all over the world. On this show, we get really personal, discussing salient issues that are relevant to our contemporary age and also building community around them. As our guests exercise courage and vulnerability in sharing their life's experiences, we hope that in turn you are inspired by them and that you get the courage in it to set your own stories free. Enjoy the ride and thank you so much for listening. Welcome back to the show. For those joining us for the first time, my name is Mo. Today I have someone whose course really speaks a lot of, I want to say, importance to me. And you also, for most people like that, that listen to this, I want to imagine it's something they're also very maybe concerned about. Maybe not directly, but I think it's something that impacts us. So today with me in the studio is someone I'm, you know, I've known from college. Her name is Kike Lomo Adesa. She is the founder of Stare for Change, Mother and Newborn Foundation, and a social impact innovator with over 10 years of experience in HR, marketing, and nonprofit management. She is very passionate about women and their health, and she works to ensure that women in underserved communities don't die or lose their babies as a result of complications during pregnancy and delivery. Within a year of starting her foundation, she has provided several birth kits. She has also increased access to healthcare and medical support to over a thousand pregnant and nursing mothers and babies in underserved communities across two states in Nigeria, Oyo State and Lagos State. Kikelomo passionately believes that women are an integral part of a society and we need them alive and in good health for them to contribute to the improvement of society. She will continue to work actively to reduce maternal and infant mortality in Nigeria and is open to global partnerships and collaboration that advance this health agenda. So everyone, without further ado, please welcome Kike Lomo to the show. Hey. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Tolani. It's good to be here on the show. Thank you for having me. Oh, my pleasure. My pleasure. So um, I met you in college. It's been, oh, how many years have we left college? Are we coming on 20? Are we over 20 years? I don't know. I think next year is going to be 20 years, correct? Since we left college? Yes, I think. Oh, my God. Yes. I'm getting old. <laughs> I just aged myself on the show. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, if I remember correctly, you had a sibling and you were in mm-hmm. Yellow House, Emoton, correct? Yes, I was in Emoton um, House, Yellow House, yes. And um, well, my cousin, actually, she, she, she's ah, my cousin. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yes, and we were in the same house, same class. Yeah, we oh, actually went together. Rotty Subar. Yes, oh my god yes. yes it's so funny the moment you said her name i just imagine her smile and her cheeks you know <laughs> and her face even though i haven't thought of her in like in 20 years the moment you said her name it's just funny about being in boarding house because you, you know you spent six years together with these people and you kind of like remember so many things and then you don't remember until somebody mentions a name and then you just remember them in school like with their pinafore or their head tie and all that yeah. Um, oh my gosh. So <laughs> life, life has been. It's been two decades of of time and space, you know, since then. Yeah. Um, how have you been, and how did you even um 
get into um for those i don't know i already know the backstory okay. from there to now what what inspired you know this passion of yours okay um let me take you back to um in 2018 um i had my child um it was a um good delivery no complications at all and um after two days of delivery um we got discharged everything was okay by the way that was my my first boy i had two girls before and of course the excitement of having a boy and everything was there and yes we got home um no issues nothing at all and two days after uh my baby was sleeping by the way i had him in america because i'm based in nigeria so um he was sleeping and i was just like okay i, I think it's been like 45 minutes of sleep let me go check up on my son and on getting there he had already started turning blue fortunately oh for me my like elder brother who is a medical doctor was around wow yeah uh my elder brother who is a medical doctor was around i called him like he should just come and see something like ah, i'm shocked because in turning blue he had already started changing of course you are in the field he has already started changing color a light skin boy turning black like i was shocked and shaking and my brother got there he said you know what we need to go to the hospital immediately went to the hospital um you know how it is in america collected the baby immediately placed him on oxygen right and um Uh, we were at the NICU. To cut the story short, we were at the NICU for five days, right? Yeah. I was all, I was always crying because, I mean, I thought I was going to lose him. Every day cry. And I told God, I said, God, I can't afford to lose, I can't lose this baby. If I have, I can have this baby in Nigeria and nothing will happen to him. Don't let people laugh at me coming here and <laughs> I won't bring a baby back home. You know, different things running on my head. Told God that if you save this baby for me, I'm going to be saving babies and I'm going to be saving lives. That was it. I had a covenant with him. You know, I just said it actually because, you know, I, I was pained and I needed, you know, to <laughs> to talk to God. And to God be the glory. He got better. They did, By the way, they did a series of tests. Nothing was found, right? Oh. And to God be the glory, he was fine. Then I'm going to fast forward to Nigeria. We got back to Nigeria and I still remember the covenant. I didn't know how I was going to be saving babies, but I know that I want to I wanted to keep to the promise and all of that. So whenever I go out, maybe for immunization or anything, I don't go out maybe just to if I want to go to the hospital, right? Because I just wanted to concentrate on taking care of the baby. You know. So Whenever I go out and I see babies on the streets that are not well taken care of, I feel very emotional, shaky, yeah. as in I yeah. will like want to get the baby off from the mother. And, you know, I, I was just like, what's happening? You know, this is not the first time I'm going to have a baby. Why am I so passionate and, you know, shaky whenever I see babies that are not well taken care of? So, and apart from that, when I, I've been having... I had um, constant dreams about me saving babies. I'm just like, when I'm not a doctor, how am I? I mean, you know, so all of these things, that was when I know that there's something called calling, right? Because I am a Muslim and I don't, I hear people saying it's a calling, blah, blah, blah. So I started researching 
Like, okay, if I want to save babies, how can I go about it? You know, from my research online, I realized that, okay, you have to reach to the pregnant woman, you know, to have a safe delivery and take care of the, mm-hmm. you know, all of those things. Yeah. So I um now said, okay, it's going to be an NGO. I started findings and all of that. I remember my husband asking me like, oh, what do you want for your birthday? You know, in January and all of that. I said, you know what? Because he's a lawyer. I said, I want a registered non-governmental. He said, really? Are you serious? Because <laughs> what an unconventional me. gift. <laughs> yeah. Because he knows me quite well that I'm a very shy person. I don't like coming out there. He said, this will involve you coming. I mean, being out there, people will know you. I said, well, I don't mind. I just want to do this. And not, the, not the fame. I don't, I don't care about that. I just want to, you know, do this, help people and all of that. By the way, when I had, um, when we got back home um, in America, the, when they discharged us, and I started thinking about it, like, okay, so what if, when that thing happened, what, what if my brother was not around or there was no car or I didn't have the resources, I didn't have the fund. Now my... my, my you were in Nigeria. Let's even take it home. Or you were in Nigeria. Oh, 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 thank you. Or I was in Nigeria. I started thinking about what would have happened. How, you know, different things running on my head. Like, what would happen to someone at the, um, uh, in all the safe communities in Nigeria? What if this happened to them? They might lose their baby. So, when I said, um, I, I, I now realize that, okay, online researching is not enough. I actually wanted to do a physical research. I went to, um, a health center in, um, Ijora. Of course, you might not know the place. Uh, in Lagos. Oh, I know Jara Tinkanabi. Ah, okay. wow, okay. Tinkanabi, come on. I'm on Nigeria. I know. So, I went there. Um, I was talking to the nurse at the Premier Center. So, as we were talking, I went with my auntie, Auntie Bemi. So, but when, as we were talking, you know, before we concluded, a woman ran inside the uh, premier center carrying a baby i think baby should be a boy not a child not a baby because baby should be around four or five you know and when we go, when he, he brought the baby everybody was shouting apparently the baby had already fainted right mm. and um people started shouting like okay the nurse went to check and she came back she said that we should calm down that they started attending to the baby on our way going out of the hospital from the um, health premier uh, premier center, the woman shouted, took a lifeless baby outside, dumped the body on the floor, and said, "God, I'm not going to worship you anymore," because the baby died. Right? I started crying. Auntie Bemi, Auntie Bemi now said, "The auntie that followed me, like, you know, God wanted you to witness this one." You know, why are we here? We came to find out how to help. You know, I didn't even answer at that point because I, I felt so touched. Like, I have never seen a lifeless baby before on the floor. The woman started rolling on the floor and shouting and, you know, God, why? I felt so bad. I cried. I know I was so curious that what would be the problem? I went back inside to the nurse. Like, what happened? She said, you know how Nigerian people are like, hey, my unknown. Eh, um, we already, we usually tell these people, whenever you treat, um, 
um, give um, paracetamol for two or three days and there's no changes, you bring them back, right? That she was just giving us, like, it could be that this thing has been happening, like, um, the boy has been running temperature and refused to give paracetamol or has been giving paracetamol for three days that people like that, I mean, they usually, people in that community usually, um, that's what, how they, they do self-medication a lot and all of that, you know. So immediately I knew that, okay, hmm, health education is very, very important. That was when I knew that health education would be our first pillar of impact, you know. Let me, so that was how we started. The first outreach we had was at Makoko, you know, was um, health education was the first thing and all other things followed. So so that, that's my story. That was how, you know, Step for Change, Mother and Newborn came into. Yeah, that was 2018. And we started in, I registered in 2019 and started the program in uh, May. Yes, we're going to be two years this month, end of the month. Congratulations, congratulations. And I can't even imagine that, you know, there's sometimes you feel so powerless because there's so much, there's so much out there to do, but Mm -hmm. you just, you know, this one organization, I mean, this is your organization. And just to piggyback on some of the things you said, because I like to balance it. So when Kike was talking, we had said if she was in Nigeria, and I like to balance that statement, we have wonderful physicians, wonderful healthcare professionals in Nigeria. But one of the biggest issues, it's the, you know, um, infrastructure. The health system is really, really bad. And if you're not opportune to be in a very good hospital, and if you don't have that access to money or even have, like, access to a provider that can help you maximize your outcome, people die easily from things that it shouldn't, you know, that in a developed world, it shouldn't happen. So that's what we meant by that. And um, when you're talking about education, that, that was the first pillar. I was I also like to imagine that the timeliness of the education, like you need to meet them before the the, the outcomes are worsened and you can't even reverse a lot of these issues. So um I'm just curious to know, we know that according to the WHO, the m- mobility and mortality rate of Nigeria is about I think eight fourteen per hundred and one hundred thousand live births thereabouts. From this experience setting up your NGO, what do you think is responsible for this, you know, factor? And we are quite high on that list of, you know, um, one of the nations in the world with the highest mortality rate for babies. What do you think is responsible for this? In very few words. Um, the first thing is um, ignorance and lack of vital health information, right? The, I'll share a story. Um, so when we, we had an outreach, I think, in 2019 right so of course the first thing is to give them to educate them on their health and all of that so while the doctor was talking and all of that so a a pregnant woman one of our beneficiaries raised up her hand and asked the doctor if it was okay to take aqual right because she takes aqual the doctor was not like because she didn't want to rush like why do you take aqual guess what she said she said to to just to know that the baby is kicking that whenever oh she takes the aqua, the baby moves, kick, and she will be, oh, um, she will be okay. Like, oh, thank God, the baby is moving. Just, to, I mean, the doctor said what, and they started confessing. All of them, there were about twenty-five pregnant women that they take, um, gene. That's aqua. I was shocked, you know. 
So the doctor told them the implication and all of that and told them, do you know spirits? You know the spirit that we use to treat wound? That is like you drinking spirits during pregnancy. That is very dangerous and all of that. So my point is, these people don't know that it's bad. They don't know the implication of taking alcohol during pregnancy. They don't even know. Well, some, they are no, they know, but they're just being ignorant. They don't just don't want to, I mean, they don't care, right? And um, another thing would be lack of um, access to sterile and hygienic delivery supplies. Okay, so what are these? This, this, these are bed kits. We give them, um, we give pregnant women during our outreaches. So these are necessary supplies that women, um, pregnant women need to have a safe and hygienic delivery. So we have um, gloves, pad, um, scalpel blade and all of that inside, right? And um, um, another thing will be poverty level, of course. Oh my God. This bed kit, right? One pack should be like 2,500. I don't know how much is that in dollar now. So this bed kit, right? 2,500. It costs 2,500. Some people it's can... about $5 a day, about oh, $5 to $7. Thank, it's not thank, yeah. thank you. Some people cannot, they can't afford it, right? And mm. these are necessary things you have to take to the general hospital or the premier care center before you can have a baby. If you don't have it, you, they, can't, they won't allow you him. That is why some women patronize traditional better tender because they can, <laughs> they can walk in freely. And of course, the traditional better tenders want to attend to you and just to just save your baby and and you 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 can't blame a traditional bed attendant who has a rusty blade in her house and use it to cut the um naval cord because she's also struggling she can't even afford a blade to a scalpel blade that's how the infection comes in the mother and you know that's why we have high maternal death you know so another thing is cultural practices some people just naturally believe in all these herbs and they don't believe in doctors. Of course, you know that. They don't believe in going to the hospital, just take that agbo, you know, and they will be fine. You know, and so many things. And we don't have skilled beds attendants. We don't have um, professional head, um, head um, what's it called? Professional doctors and nurses. So those are some of the things. Lack of proper nutrition, you know. So poverty level, some cannot even afford to uh, one square meal, not talk of three. You know, and while some, they, they just, they're not educated. They don't even know the classes of food. They don't know how important they are protein or carbohydrate or, you know, they just want to feed their children just carbohydrate and all of that. So these are the things that, um, yeah, that cause. Yeah, I mean, the, the, so when you're talking about some of the um, what you think are responsible for these issues we see in mortality rates, high mortality rates in Nigeria, like, you know, ignorance, poverty level, cultural practices. It's funny that I think that these are some of the issues that cost, cut across other health issues as well. And I say this because I work with, you know, my area of research is cancer and I particularly explore, you know, prostate cancer issues and we have done a lot of research in black nations including cameroon um brazil 
um, Jamaica, Nigeria, just to mention, and a lot of these issues are, are similar across board. And I think it's a peculiarity of a developing nature, nation, and just um, also some of the I think the cultural aspects of it. And so I'm just it saddens me because you we know that children are like the future, you know, and the the, the true strength of a good country, a good nation, is how they treat you know the I want to say the weak, like, you know, the ch- children and the older people, the vulnerable population. And it seems to me like um, our government is not really doing a lot to really improve in, on those levels. Now, I do understand that a lot of states, they've rolled out some initiatives in the local government areas to help with these issues, but it's almost like a tiny drop in, the, in an ocean of issues. So knowing that we, we have... Um, so much issues as far as you know irresponsible government we know that the healthcare budget for example has been cut you know even though the population keeps going high and high we haven't maximized you know spending and measuring outcomes in the healthcare sector um and with this irresponsible government spending on other things apart from education and healthcare which are so important issues there's no place that priority on health com- health, health outcomes such as mater- maternal mortality and childcare. What can we do to help ourselves, really? What part do we ordinary citizens have to play and how do we hold our government accountable? Mm, okay. Honestly speaking, right, we don't, we don't have to wait for the government to do everything, right? I know, yes, government is responsible to, um, for our healthcare system and all of that. But, and we are already doing our bit as a non-government organization um, in reducing maternal and infant mortality. So I think individual group of people, churches, they can join and collaborate with us, you know, in reducing maternal and infant mortality. Um, I have some people who just send me message. Um, I want to volunteer. I'm a doctor. I would like to do this for free. You know, genuine people, they just want to contribute their own quota in developing um, this country you know so we can you, you can collaborate with us do your beats so we don't have to wait for the government to do fix all of these things we, we can we, we can start from we can start you know from somewhere churches mosques who come together to you know um, do all of these things so even I mean there are some people that in government hospital, right? They are government hospital, maybe they are just paying like five thousand naira. They are owing school fees. You can just walk up to any government hospital, pay their school fees, walk up to any um government hospitals. There are people owing. You know, I heard a story about someone owing five thousand naira and the lady had still birth, right? And you kept her in the hospital with um other mothers that has baby. You know, because she was owing five thousand naira, you kept her there. That's very unfair, you know. What was there? I mean, this is our government. Eh? I mean, so we can do all of these things. Go to schools. Go to all these private. Um, I mean, I mean, public health centers. Look for people that are owing. You can pay them off. Collaborate with non-governmental organizations like us. So I think that's what we can do that, not by waiting for government to fix things or wait for them to do all of these things, yeah. I mean, I, I agree with you. I think, you know, there's certain things we can do. Huh. And I also think that because outcomes like this, they're sometimes extrinsic to the individual because you cannot give birth to yourself. Like, you cannot deliver your baby yourself. Mm-hmm. You need, like... um 
the government still has a role to play in it, really. You yeah. Know, it's beyond just, you know, people coming together. There needs to be, like, an infrastructure in place, a strong infrastructure, and a way to even, like, you know, track issues and see what we can improve on. There's so many issues that I see with the healthcare system. And I think this, what we're seeing in, you know, infant mortality mirrors every other aspect, you know, if, if is it cancer outcomes, is it like, you know, HIV AIDS, I don't even even get into, you know, the slew of these issues, but yeah, I mean, depending when we have like government that can really, you know, do stuff, we can, we have to keep helping ourselves twice as much. And another sad thing is that we run an out-of-pocket model in Nigeria as far as our healthcare. Mm-hmm. A lot of people don't have like, you know, um, insurance. If you don't have a good job, forget about it. If you don't live in a place where you have access to specialists, forget about it. So that's so that's see why even even if you want to help yourself, the ability to get things sorted out in time mm-hmm. still has the government has a role to play in it. Take for example with cancer. Like if you don't have places where you can get the screening done in time, you, you might have to maybe travel five hours away to go to the nearest, you know, um regional center. And that might take away time from work before you know you lose your source of income. So this is what I mean, like the government does has a have a role to play. Yes. No, um okay. Oh yeah, go ahead, sorry. No, yeah, I agree with you. I agree with yeah, you. Yeah, 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 yeah. But you know, I'm glad that organizations like yours have stepped up at least to do something because the more you keep talking to me, the more I just realize that ah man, because I'm someone that I, I I feel a lot of things. Even though I'm I'm doing something, I still feel like I'm not doing much. Like I feel like I could just like sign us, you know, snap my hands and fix everything. Mm, because know. the more you do, the more you see, the more you're like, ah, mm-hmm. you know, this is there's just so much to do, you know. Yeah. Let's um, dive deep a little bit into your NGO. Okay. I, I have watched your presentation. You've you know, and I love what you do as far as you tracking people. You just don't touch them and leave. You want to track them to be sure that they're 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 supposed to be where they are, and I think it explains why you've been you're not like you're not doing like quantity; it's more like quality, right? Because there's no need to just touch and then leave. Um. So, but I'm curious, you know, of all the cases you've you know worked with, people you've worked with, which ones have stood out to you that you like to share with us? Okay, stood out to you the most. I think the okay. most. Okay. Okay. Right, right, okay. Right. So, um, in 2019, when we started, I think was about um the fourth outreach we had. So they brought this newborn baby to the outreach. I think the baby was about um a week or so, right? And of course, part of the things we do at the outreach is also medical checkup right free medical checker for this um for the beneficiaries so as the doctor was thank god we had a pediatrician on ground that day so as the doctor was checking the baby and the temperature was very high right and she did further checkup and checked the um, naval cord now realized that the naval cord um was bringing out pulse right so it could of course I mean, you don't even ask, you didn't even need to ask if it was infection. So definitely, there was an inf- there's an infection going on, right? So we had to. It was an emergency. I had to drive the baby to the hospital immediately because the baby needed um, at, um, attention. So I drove. I think it was about twenty minutes drive because we had to drive to a private hospital. So when we got there, they did tests and everything. You know that the doctor said the infection was very high. I mean, that thank God we brought the baby on time. And 
I think she spent about three or four days. They admitted her at the hospital for four, three to five days or so. You know, we're responsible for everything. And, you know, I was happy doing that, saving the baby's life. Because the mother said, I think she had, it was a um, traditional birth attendant that delivered the baby. Of course, maybe during that process, everything, I don't know what went wrong, but thank God we, yeah. And that's one. Another one that I would like to share would be, okay, so we also do um, food distribution. We give um, um, food dis- um, food items to pregnant women, um, nursing mothers, babies, and all of that, apart from all of these things that we do. So this very day, we were at this community, we we're giving out food to people and all of that. And I saw this baby. So the mother wrapped the baby um, so you won't even know that the baby was malnourished, right? I only saw the head. It was my sister that called my attention, like, this baby is not looking healthy. And I told the uh, mother to unwrap the baby. You know, to my greatest surprise, honestly, if they removed the... I mean, I think it was just bone that was on the baby's body. It, the baby was severely malnourished. Wow. The baby was severely malnourished. So I told her to unwrap the baby and she unwrapped. I was like, what? I don't know. If you check my Instagram page, you'll see the picture so that it don't look as if I'm exaggerating. I asked her, I said, have you taken this baby to the hospital? She said, yes. So what did they say? She said, he's hunger. Because of course, she's, that is hunger that is doing the baby, that should go and give the baby food. I said, what? And I took the matter up. And that was, okay, yeah, I took the matter up, bought food. I engaged two nutritionists. You know, because it was during COVID, of course, there was no... Um, so I engaged two nutritionists, advised on what to do and all of that. So we placed the baby and the mother on our nutrition plan, food plan for, I think, five months, yes, where constant checkup from the nutritionist, medical doctor, were feeding the baby and the mother constantly. And there was a huge, I think the baby had a 3.5 kg, you know. So there was huge difference in, and we also empowered the woman because, of course, yeah, we already finished the um, um, food. Um, we've stopped giving him food and we can't just leave the baby because the mother wasn't working, right? And we asked her, okay, for sustainability, what will you like to do? And she said she would like to, she would like a grinding machine so that she can be grinding paper for people and, you know, just for her to make money. Till now, we still check up on her. She still has the grinding machine and the baby keeps getting bigger <laughs> and healthier. So, yeah. Um, I still, well, I can still share many more, but because of No, no, I, I can imagine because of time, yeah. But yeah. those are really good stories. Those are good yeah. stories. And um, the devil's advocate to me would like to ask were there some instances where you guys tried, but it really didn't work? <sighs> like it was probably too late to intervene and like a story that stood out to you in that regard? Um, no. Except okay, that's yeah, good. yeah, no, no, actually, no. Okay, that, that, that's that's good to hear. So, in like from hearing you talk, I've heard you say you partnered with nutritionists, with pediatrician. Mm-hmm. I can imagine those cost a lot of money. So, how are you guys funded? Okay, so initially it was I started with my money, right? Um, the first two outreaches we did was with my money, and I sat down the third time. I thought, I mean, after the second outreach, I said, you know what? I need help here. And and it wasn't planned 
okay, because I was actually working in a private firm before and all of this NGO thing, it wasn't planned. It was because of my ch- child and all of that. So I sat down and said, ha, huh, I need help. Passion was not just enough. You know, how to <laughs> how to get funding, partnership and everything. I started researching, reading, um, going for courses and all of that. And that was really that was really what really helped me so we partner with some hospitals right that do free um this thing for free like for the csr and all of that so i have fam- friends and families uh my major donors i will not lie to you they've been so so once they see what we do i post pictures a lot on my whatsapp um instagram people will just send me a dm i want to send you money or you know they've been so 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 good and um i have a private organization just one at the moment that sponsors our outreach yes so friends and family and one private organization for now Uh, are you guys thinking of maybe um writing grants maybe get somebody on on your team to help you like develop all of that yeah so you can get funded by you know bigger organizations Yes, yes, actually. We are planning on doing that because, you know, like I said, I just, we just clocked two years and, yeah, you know, most, I mean, I think you have to be three years in the sector or three or four years, some before you can get some grants and all of that. So, but we are planning that. That's why we are, you know, doing more so that people can see what we are doing. And I mean, yeah, yeah we are planning on doing that soon. Yeah. So have you, is this, this is what, do you also do this full time or are you still working? Oh, yes. Full time now. Full time now. Wow. Wow. How, how do you feel about the transition you made from, you know, having that your job with the, I think you did HR and marketing, yes. right? Before. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How, how do you feel about the transition? Do you like it so far? Honestly, Tolani, I love it. Mm. I, you see, like I said, it wasn't planned. I didn't, okay, so when I had my baby, before I had my baby, I resigned from my present job thinking that when I come back, right, I'm going to get a better place to work because I worked in a private organization. I was an HR exec. So I wanted a better place. And of course, th- there was issue. It's a one-man business. So that was the plan, trust me. So when I got back and everything changed, and I, I went to um, Lagos Business School for non-profit management course. That was when I knew that you can take this. Yes, it's a non-profit. You can um, run, in, run it as a business, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah. So I've been trying to, you know, build the structure and everything. So for now, yeah, this is what I do full time. And <laughs> God has been so, so good because I tell my friends, they, they ask me like, how do you sustain you know, Tolani, I will not lie to you. I cannot mm. explain. God has just been mm. good. I can't explain. You know, I don't lack anything. But I thank God for that. So, I don't know how. I can't explain it. But God has just been good. Really. Well, that, that was really nice to hear about just, you know... Um, how you found purpose in it. And even though I'm not able to see you on camera, I could sense that joy you have, that fulfillment you have. And it, it's a good place to be because you took something that was personal to you and you made it personal in such a way that you're helping women and, you know, um, mothers maximize their pregnancy outcomes above and beyond pregnancy. And another thing that also reminded me of is that that's saying about if you, if you find what you love to do, you will not have to work a day in your life. 
and that's that's a good place to be a kicker because most people don't have that luxury to be able to have a job that they're super passionate about for a lot of people a job is just that it is it's a job i just want something to you know put food on the table so i don't go homeless and i'm not you know out on the streets and so you don't you're not, you're not connected to it it's just a transaction in a way but for you it's more than that it's a purpose you live and breathe this and it's super important to you so i want to say you know kudos on you for not getting too comfortable because you know after you your baby came back to nigeria when you guys came back home you could have forgotten about it you could have just been like, oh that promise i made you know but no like you know you saw the signs and you followed through with it so kudos to you on that yeah. um what are your long-term vision for i, I guess step for change mother and newborn foundation if you were to look down like five ten years from now what would you like for it to be hmm. it's to totally eradicate maternal and infant mortality in Nigeria and to reach out to all, uh, more people in the whole of uh, 36 states in Nigeria because we've only reached two um, states, that's Lagos State and Oyo State, yes so I would like to reach um, to go to more states and reach out to people, yeah um, okay. That's a good one, have you guys even are you guys considering like partnering with other NGOs or form like that Mega Voltron connect like you know impact in the community. Um yes yeah we are, we are looking we are looking at that we're looking at that soon. Okay, well um I just want to say that I want to encourage those that are listening to this is sometimes things happen to us in life. I, I bet you know Kiki there's no way Kiki could have wished this upon herself, but to take that issue that we have in our life. And use it as a way to help others. I think that's a very good place to be. And I can relate with that. Maybe not on the same level. But for me, one of the reasons for having this podcast is to help people share their stories and also set those things free. There's so many things that can happen that will make us, you know, go back and, you know, maybe feel shameful about it. It might not be relevant to Kika's story, but I know personally for my story and for those of you that have heard, is life happens to you and you're in this place of, you know, you want to just do, you can't live your best life because you're held back by shame. Perhaps there's a purpose to that. You know, we don't know why some of these things happen, but we do know there's always a purpose. So I hope you explore it. And it's one of the reasons why I brought Kiki on the show today. You know, um, it's from, from something that happened to her personally. She's found, you know, her life's calling. So here's an encouragement. If you are listening to this, find out that thing you're supposed to do and don't let your experiences hold you back. They should move you forward. And um, Kike, at the More Civil Podcast, we are big on community building and raising support. And we would like to know how best we, our audience and um, society in general, can support your foundation. And then for some of our listeners that might be interested in also helping out, how can they find you and reach out to you? Okay. Um, so our website is www.stayfornewborn.org. I'll say that again. www.stayfornewborn.org. Right. So um, they can do um, cash donation, um, food items, diaper, um, baby clothes. They can also share our activities on Instagram. Um, so they can follow us on Instagram at Stay for Newborn, right? On Instagram at yeah. Stay for Newborn. So they can repost our activities and also volunteer. Yeah. So I have um, some some of my friends, some nutritionists medical doctors you know they volunteer um their time and also yeah i mean basically that's everything they can reach out to me um 
check our website and um, follow us on Instagram for more information. Nice. I, as we're talking about just volunteering and all that, I do have um, a lot of friends in, oh. you know, those pockets. But I know a particular pediatrician who was on the show just some weeks ago. Okay. He'll be super interested in hearing more about it because I'll let him know about that. Oh, now, before you go, let me just ask this. Um, for so many people that are here, they or maybe not just here, but in Nigeria, there's always this, I guess, this um, bad PR associated with NGOs about lack of accountability and all that. Um, what would you say your organization does differently as far as transparency so they can make sure that whatever they send to you is being used for that purpose? Hmm. Okay, so um, the truth is we do um, audited accounts, right? So we have audited accounts done. Um, we keep receipt of all of the things purchased right like food items all the bed kits and everything so we have receipts of them so anybody that requests I, we can i can share it i can share them and of course we take pictures of all activities and events and what else yes so i mean this is a passion and most times in fact when i started i used my money which i've not even gotten back right i can i can i can claim it from the foundation's money, but I didn't, right? So, I mean, it's something I like to do. It's something, it's a passion. So, yeah, so we we have all the receipts. We take note of all of these things. So, yeah, even if you request for it, I can share all of that, right? And we have we take pictures of events. We have attendance list um, that each beneficiary signs. So they, they sign, um, we have their contacts, their numbers, everything. So, yeah, we are very, oh. very um, open. Um, what's it called now? Transparent. Transparent, yes. That's good. Well, there you guys have it. So for those that are still sitting on the fence, if you if you you can reach out to her directly to find out more questions. If you if there's maybe like a question you like to explore first before you make your cash donations or whatever donations you might have. And as you're even talking, Kiki, I can see all yeah. how all of your ten years of experience in HR is really helping you in this you know place of yours. Yeah. Now, um, finally, would be your son that started all of this. He's I'm guessing three now. Yeah. And, <laughs> yeah. So uh, congrats on that. Does he know? I mean, even though a three-year-old, they have their own world. Does he know just how much his life has, you know, helped others as well? Like, what kind of conversations do you have with him? And I know you also have, like, two other daughters. Like, how mm-hmm. are they involved, if any, with your organization? Oh, great question. For my three-year... Well, it's going to be three in July. He doesn't know anything. He's still a baby. <laughs> but for my two um, daughters, they are into... We are into this together. Do you know that... Um, I have trained them in such a way that um, whenever we go out or they see people begging or babies on the roof, mommy, mommy, see that baby. She needs help. You know, I mean, these children are so, so into giving. They they mm. want to give any beggar on the road money. I'll be like, hey, I just gave one. We can't, I mean, how much do I have? You can't, we have to save some for ourselves. <laughs> we can't solve all the problems. So, but they are also, they also want to, whenever we have a medical outreach and we go to these underserved communities, they want to go, they want to, you know, but for some reasons I can't just take them because it's work. So 
well, maybe I promised them. I said, maybe when they grow up a little bit, I can still, you know, take them out. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, even though you talk about just how you've helped others, I think it's also helping your family, especially your kids. Mm-hmm. You're building, you know, that sense of work ethic, community building, compassion for others. And I can imagine that they will grow up to be well adjusted. I mean, having parents like you and your husband, I know they have such a um, bright future ahead of them. So, Kike, those were all of my questions. I want to say thank you so much for your time on the show. Thank you for sharing about your passion. And we sincerely wish you all the best from every one of us here on the show. Wish you all the best. If there are other ways we can support you, please don't hesitate to reach out to us. Your um, passion speaks you know, deeply to our purpose here on the show. And we'd like to support you as best as we can. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Tola. Thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. All right, guys, don't forget to check her, um, check her out on Instagram. Check out their work. And I'm going to put all of the information details on the show notes. And as always, I remain your host, Mercibal. Catch you guys on another episode of the Mercibal Podcast. All right, Kike. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Mercibal Podcast. Well, guess what? There's plenty more where that came from. So visit our website at www.mosibyl.com. That is www.mosibyl.com, where you can find hours of other binge-worthy episodes just like this one. And while you're at it, please don't forget to subscribe and leave us a rating on Apple Podcasts or Podbean, as it encourages other awesome people like you to listen to the podcast as well. We are now officially on Podbean. It has an app. You can catch up on missed episodes and also get a notification when we have new episodes. Do you have a question for our guest, feedback on the episode, or a suggestion for a future guest? Then please get in touch with us by sending us an email at talktomo at mostable.com or connect with us via Instagram at the Moral Civil Podcast. Cannot wait to hear from you. And thank you so much for always listening. Mm-hmm.